0: I'll never ever get that image out of my head.
1: Now on the news hour, notably absent for now, the flight passenger list missing two major players in a wrongful arrest controversy ahead of a high profile apology from Vancouver police. Plus, we're just a young family trying to buy our first home and have more space for our kids. Condo sales squashed for a couple with seemingly too many kids for one strata and. You look really spiffy.
2: <laughs> what?
1: Not so colloquial Canadian catchphrases. The English language student who found his calling getting lost in translation.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us. There are growing questions tonight surrounding the attendance, or possible lack thereof, of two Vancouver police officers at a high-profile apology set to take place tomorrow. The officers, disciplined for wrongfully handcuffing a health-sick man and his granddaughter outside a downtown bank in 2019, in a major blunder for the department, are now notably absent from a flight passenger list of those expected to attend a ceremony to apologize in person. Nithu Garcha has our tough story tonight from bella bella
4: as they prepare for the apology ceremony here in what's known as the big house the nation is emphasizing the traditional ceremony can't be carried out unless all of those who caused the harms are present maxwell johnson and his granddaughter tori ann reached a settlement with vancouver police more than two years after their improper arrest outside a bmo bank branch in vancouver they were trying to open a bank account when a staff member suspected them of presenting fraudulent Indigenous status cards and called 911 before the two were handcuffed and arrested. Torianne was just 12 years old at the time. The Helsing Nation has reserved these seats for members of the Vancouver Police Department and the Police Board, but the nation says a passenger list for their chartered flight does not include Constables Cannon Wong and Mitchell Tong. The officers who made the arrest without reasonable or probable grounds. According to a ruling on the case, the nation says the potential non attendance of the constables is a symptom of the larger systemic failure to acknowledge and take responsibility for systemic racism in policing. Adding the invitation remains open for both officers to attend and offer their oral apologies. Maxwell Johnson says without that, putting what happened behind them will be hard. While there remain many questions around how things will unfold at the apology ceremony set to get underway at 5 p.m. here on Monday, there remain very high hopes for healing. Nitu Garsha, Global News, Bella Bella.
1: And we have reached out to both the Vancouver Police Department and its board for comment on this. Neither responded to us by airtime. It has been almost eight years since an innocent man was killed by a stranger on a Kelowna City bus. The suspect, in the deadly random stabbing, Tyler Newton, served time in prison for manslaughter before the parole board assessed him as a high-risk offender. He was arrested earlier this month on a BC-wide warrant, but as Kristen Robinson reports, Newton is now out on bail.
5: Hours after a BC-wide warrant was issued earlier this month, Tyler Jack Newton was arrested on allegations of aggravated assault using an imitation firearm and assault with a weapon from last December. The 31-year-old, considered a prolific offender by Kelowna RCMP, was released Friday on $500 bail. I'm concerned for the community at large,
6: you know, I mean, he should be sitting in jail.
5: In October 2014... Newton was in a drug-fueled psychosis when he stabbed a stranger in the neck on a city bus. 55-year-old Cesar Rosales, a business systems analyst for Kelowna Flightcraft, died on the bus floor.
6: I still feel repercussions from just trying to help Cesar.
5: Barb Dawson came to Rosales' aid as he was dying. She says she'll never forget looking into Newton's eyes as he was sentenced to seven years in prison for manslaughter
6: empty, like no sense of empathy, compassion, nothing. Like all he saw was anger.
5: With time served, Newton spent four plus years in prison. An October 2020 parole board document assessed him as a high risk and high needs offender.
6: I can't believe that, you know, he's allowed to be at large.
5: Criminal lawyer Kyla Lee says cash bail signals the final straw before detention, but the onus is on the Crown to show an accused is a risk to reoffend, not attend court, or flee in order for bail to be denied. It's because there's no suggestion of reoffending and no suggestion that he'd leave the jurisdiction, bail would be granted. This isn't a clear case where bail being imposed for some aggravated assault charges would not be abnormal in the circumstances. Where we're looking at a person who's actually killed someone, an innocent person. MLA Eleanor Sturko says the Liberals are asking the Attorney General to direct the BC Prosecution Service to request remand for violent repeat offenders who pose a risk to public safety. It's extremely concerning. Newton remains free before a court appearance in November. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: A convicted killer from Alberta accused of vandalizing the same downtown Vancouver bank twice in five weeks is set to appear in court on Monday for a bail hearing. The windows of the TD West on West Hastings... TD Bank, rather, on West Hastings and Abbott are now boarded up on both sides. On Wednesday evening, 47-year-old Curtis George McCallum was arrested after a suspect was captured on video throwing a brick at at least 20 windows. McCallum was also arrested and released in mid-September after another smashing spree was also caught on video. McCallum, who was convicted of manslaughter in the 2006 killing of his aunt in Edmonton, is charged with mischief in both incidents. TD would not comment on the cost of the damage, but says it remains committed to serving their customers in Gastown. Well, who, if anyone, is targeting an avian veterinary clinic? Staff at a Vancouver bird hospital are growing uneasy after a frightening incident outside their workplace last week. And as Grace Key reports, the suspected case of arson is just the latest episode that has them on edge.
4: Remnants of a suspicious fire that broke out early Friday morning in Vancouver. It happened on the 1900 block of West Broadway behind the Night Owl Bird Hospital and the West Coast Tropical Bird Studio.
7: Friday morning, anywhere between 5.10, one of our employees came out and they were prompted by their car alarm, um, came out
4: and found his car engulfed in flames. A couple of storage sheds owned by the bird studio were damaged, but firefighters were able to put out the flames quickly and prevent them from spreading to the building. A VPD arson unit is now investigating.
8: Well, I think it's pretty scary because they burnt out the two sheds to the ground. like There's nothing left. And I mean, if we come here and like... It's just us at the store, and it's kind of scary they can just come in anytime This isn't the first time the hospital has
4: been targeted. This security video shows a man on a bicycle stealing the very camera that's recording him. On another occasion, another camera captures a man
8: rummaging through some items before trying to open the back door. For us, it means, you know, it's night security. It's an additional concern.
2: We have to act on this because we don't know whether it's a one-off, whether it was vindictive, but even if it is a one-off, then will there be somebody else that does it again?
4: The hospital is concerned with this increase in criminal activity. Security will be an added expense, but they feel they have few alternatives. The element of trust in your community, for me, has just totally
2: disappeared, and now we might as well be, you know, New York City or whatever.
4: Grace Key, Global News.
1: The hamlet of Monte Lake in the province's interior is slowly rebuilding more than a year after the White Rock Lake wildfire destroyed homes and structures. Last night, we introduced you to a couple who had their home rebuilt through the kindness of strangers. Tonight, Kamal Kramali has the story of another family who has also received the life-changing gift of generosity.
9: Piece by piece, this team of volunteers is building back hope that one day Tammy Eager's life can return to normal.
5: This is amazing. Beyond belief, really. It's like winning a lottery.
9: (laughs) That this house will soon enough become a home. For Tammy, her husband, and her three kids, there's only one word to describe the transformation.
5: A blessing. After the fire, we didn't know what we were doing. Tammy's home,
9: one of dozens of structures destroyed in the White Rock Lake fire in July of last year. Nearly 30 homes burned to the ground in Monty Lake alone. The government still facing criticism for its response. Residents had been left feeling abandoned, left to fend for themselves. Not exactly a smooth year. Residents say the insurance payout not enough to cover the rebuild. That's when this group, the Mennonite Disaster Service, came sweeping in.
10: Once you do it, you're hooked to it. It's, it's a nice way of serving people.
9: Four homes already built in this area, including one for Michelle Mesenu and Robert Hugh, who we met last year when their house had just been turned into a heap of ash. Now a nightmare transformed into a dream home.
6: Oh, I'm stoked. This is awesome. <laughs> you told me she's fun. Yes. <laughs> hey,
11: um- it's beautiful.
9: And a recharged feeling of hope.
11: It it renewed our faith in humanity that there are people who do care.
9: Care. What's gone into each of the four homes built so far with more on the way. Kamil Karamali, Global News.
1: A West Kelowna senior who's confined to a wheelchair has issued a challenge to City Council to roll a mile in his shoes. It is all in the spirit of putting the spotlight on accessibility issues and barriers for something as simple as visiting a supermarket safely. Randy
7: Marie Adams reports. 75 year old Ross Avigna has been diagnosed with terminal stomach cancer and is confined to a wheelchair. So with what time he has left He enjoys his trips to his local grocery store. Unfortunately, the conditions on the roads and sidewalks are so poor, it has become dangerous for him to travel on it.
5: Well, the sidewalk
10: is so rough, and these chairs are not, they don't have a very good suspension on them, and this particular chair wants to throw me out, throw me forward. So with the
7: help of a few, he put out the call to the
3: community. Okay, let's onward and upward.
7: Ross has challenged West Kelowna City Council to join him on his journey just to see how bad the roads and crosswalks are. And the challenge was finally accepted.
12: The the safety issue and just the idea, as Ross said, the idea that uh, seniors want to have a degree of independence just like everybody else. And it makes it very difficult when, you know, the roads are not... In a, in a situation
10: that is safe. Well, I really uh, really appreciate the challenge from Ross to, to, to ride in a chair with him. And uh, it, it's the only way, I guess, to really experience you know, what it's like to have to negotiate uh, you know, sidewalks that aren't complete and the road where there is no sidewalk.
7: The mayor had requested a police escort to keep the group safe as they walked together. Mayor Milsom also said it is the city's goal to continue to invest in sidewalks and
10: roads. And I know that the road that Ross travels upon on a regular basis is on our list, and uh, we're going to get it done.
7: Sadly, Ross will be leaving his seniors home and heading into hospice next month, and will likely see no change in this area.
10: I love it. The more support we have, I'm sure the more attention we'll get from the Mr. Mayor.
7: And while he may not see this change, he hopes his voice remains loud enough for change to happen, even after he's gone. Randy Murray Adams, Global News.
1: The Central Okanagan Search and Rescue Team and the RCMP are searching for a young man who went missing last week.
12: The RCMP uh, found his vehicle here this weekend, and uh, after an extensive search that they did, they've called us to give him a hand.
1: 22-year-old Dylan McNeil was last seen in Kelowna on October 16th when he sent a video message to his family that evening. According to a social media post, McNeil recently expressed concern for his own safety and his lack of communication with family and friends is described as out of character. McNeil was last seen driving a gray 2014 Ford Fusion with a New Way Docks sticker on the back window. His vehicle was found near the Postel Lake Road area. That is where crews focused their search on Sunday. Vancouver police are looking for your help in finding a missing 61-year-old woman who was last seen on Saturday in the Kensington Riley Park neighborhood. Kelly Small left her care home near Main Street and East 36th Avenue around noon. She was seen later that afternoon near Main Street and East 33rd, but did not return home. Small is five foot one with a small build. She has shoulder-length wavy gray and brown hair. She was last seen wearing a black puff jacket, black pants, and black shoes. She was using a black four-wheel walker that has distinctive red and white stripes around the sides. She requires daily medication and staff at her care home are concerned for her well-being. If you see her, call police. A somber morning in Esquimalt where a first-of-its-kind memorial was held to mark the anniversary of a maritime tragedy.
0: Chief Petty
12: Officer William Alfred Bordeaux.
1: On October 23rd, 1969, HMCS Kootenay was returning to Canada from the UK when a piece of equipment malfunctioned causing an explosion that took the lives of nine crew members. Dozens of others were also hurt in the blast. 2022 marks the first time CFB Esquimalt has held a ceremony for those who were impacted. And some of the survivors were able to attend
3: today. It was a terrible tragedy. nine men lost their lives uh... they left i think eight of them were married six of them had children they all had mothers and fathers and siblings Um, and it was a terrible tragedy for them it affected a lot
5: a lot of people at the time
1: coming up condo sale denied to a couple with too many kids They have a a bylaw that only four people can live in a two-bedroom unit and obviously we have three children under the age of two. At least too many for one strata, the squashed sale and the ensuing backlash. Plus, when home sweet home arrives at your doorstep, the Okanagan couple moving houses, but the house is the one moving. The story of the traveling structure, that's after the break. Well, it's no secret the housing market in Metro Vancouver can be challenging to navigate. For many buyers, even impossible to penetrate. You're about to meet a young couple who encountered a sale snafu at a Pitt Meadows condo building, but it wasn't because of money. They say it all boiled down to the size of their family. Julie Nolan has their story.
11: First time trying raspberries. Not (laughs) sure. Lucas Perry and Mackenzie Graham have three kids under the age of two. The young family is running out of room at their rental condo in Coquitlam, now trying to buy their first home. We have
13: our down payment um, like situated. We have everything. We want to be contributing
11: to a mortgage rather than rent. Rent prices are insane right now in the city. Priced out of buying a condo close to Vancouver, they had an accepted offer at this complex in Pitt Meadows. It would have doubled their current living space, but...
2: I feel like our family was discriminated against in this situation. As a whole, I don't think so, but this specific situation, it seems unjust.
11: Unjust because the Strata has a bylaw which limits the number of people in the unit to four people, not five. Plus, they wanted to turn a laundry room into another bedroom. The Strata rejected the purchase, even though they learned at least one other unit in the complex has had a similar conversion. It is frustrating. It feels like they're kind of picking and choosing who gets to do things or doesn't get to.
9: Something's got to give at the end of the day. When you have people, you know, living in a city that and trying to work in a city and raise a family in a city.
11: Realtors say this is a situation that's becoming more commonplace while this is being called the worst rental market in the history of the city. However, one realtor says if people want to get into the market where strata rules are strict, a shift needs to happen.
9: I think as time goes on, you'll see stratas become more malleable to new creative solutions
11: the strata council and property manager did not respond to requests for comment however in a statement the ministry responsible can't speak to the specifics of this case but say we are determined to increase access to housing for purchase and rent and strengthen protections for people to respond to this crisis we need to strike the right balance between the needs of buyers and the need for strata corporations to effectively manage their properties While this sale didn't work out, the family says they'll keep looking and will keep respecting bylaws even if they can't see the logic in those decisions. We weren't trying to
4: be sneaky, we were asking them to do it.
11: Julie Nolan, Global News. Now to the story of another couple that not
1: only landed their dream home, they are having it move to them.
14: This isn't our house anymore, so we've actually sold the house to a couple down in Vernon. And uh, as you can see, it's just getting ready to take off here tonight, tonight. It'll leave
1: the house originally built in Kelowna is now on the move across the Okanagan from its old owner to its new ones. It is quite literally all intact with all of its furniture still inside. The new buyers are only taking the top half of the house, which is about 2000 square feet, and the sellers are now building their own dream home on the same property. Coming up, economic uncertainty as a once thriving industry struggles to stay afloat.
0: There's probably some more to go, maybe two, three, four, I don't know, but something like that.
1: Workers and communities hang in the balance as the pulp mill industry flounders plus.
6: It's very sad to see the building close and all the memories, but then it's very exciting for the new uh, aquatic center that's coming our way.
1: A blast from the past for one last splash at a beloved Burnaby swimming pool. How aquatic fanatics are bidding farewell to a decades old mainstay. That's after the break, stay with us. BC's pulp and paper coalition is sounding the alarm over the fate of the province's pulp mills and the jobs they create. As ongoing challenges mount, many sawmills have curtailed their operations in recent years, or worse, shut down for good. And the trickle-down effect has been devastating for those impacted firsthand. This report is from CKPG News.
6: In April 2020, the community of Mackenzie was devastated by the news from paper excellence. It was curtailing operations indefinitely, and the following April, the pulp mill was permanently closed, citing a lack of fibre to keep the operation going. But the Pulp and Paper Coalition is predicting the closure of another two to three pulp mills if the fibre situation isn't cleared up by Christmas. And it stems from the reduction of the annual allowable cut, resulting in the closures of more than 40
0: sawmills in this province. There's probably some more to go, maybe two, three, four, I don't know, but something like that because there's still a lot of pressure on it.
6: Prince George is home to three pulp mills. The future of the industry is very concerning for BC's Forester critic. It's a
12: complicated um, but significant challenge, and uh, yes, I think communities from Kamloops to Prince George to uh, Vancouver Island, um, the peace region, uh, are all um, significantly stressed and and anxious at the moment.
6: But the industry's tertiary sector relies on wood residuals and is also feeling the fibre supply pinch.
0: We can do more with the fibre, and I think But we need to stimulate is entrepreneurship, more secondary manufacturing, in particular in the regions. John
6: Brink says the value-added sector, such as his finger-jointing operation, is equally in a bind to access fibre. And Todd Stone says the industry is so interconnected that many different types, primary, secondary and tertiary, need to pull together. And I think
12: that's the rub here. That's the, that's the challenge that, that everyone is seeing and feeling um, in, in NDP policy and costs. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency on the part of, of the NDP government and the minister uh, to, to d- work with, with the sector and develop a, a strategic plan.
6: According to the coalition, pulp and paper is the fourth most exported product in the province, generating $3.9 billion last year alone, and more closures will have significant impact on the province's GDP. Cheryl Jan, CKPG News. A bittersweet goodbye today for a
1: small but very special pool in Burnaby that has served that community for 60 years. People gathered at the CG Memorial Pool on Kensington Avenue this afternoon to say farewell to the Aquatic Center, which was holding its last splash event today, which included paying just a dollar for a swim just like you would have back in 1962 when it first opened. If you didn't make it today, there is still more than a week to pay one last visit to the pool. It closes its doors for good on October 31st.
6: I've uh, been swimming at C.G. Brown since I was born. My mom was a lifeguard here, and then I have taken, uh, filled in her shoes. Um, So I grew up on the pool deck at C.G. Brown. So it's it's very sad to see the building close and all the memories, but then it's very exciting for the new uh, aquatic center that's coming our way.
1: As she said, a new aquatic center will be built on the same site. The Burnaby Lake Aquatic and Arena Facility will include a 50-meter Olympic-sized pool and an NHL-sized arena with 200 spectator seats. Construction is expected to begin later this year and be completed within three years. Coming up, we take you to Diwali celebrations ahead of the official start of the Festival of Lights tomorrow plus.
12: The fact that right now we're having to transport, you know, kids hundreds of miles away, if not outside of the state, is uh, very, very uh, rare.
1: A concerning spike in sick children across North America. What's behind the RSV outbreak crowding pediatric hospitals? That's after the break. It is the eve of one of the most important and celebratory holidays on the South Asian calendar, Diwali, the celebration of light. The five day festival officially begins tomorrow with colorful celebrations planned across the province. Our Michael Newman joined in on some early festivities in Vancouver.
0: Here at the Roundhouse Community Center where Diwali Fest is happening, it's a festive celebration bringing people into the spirit of Diwali. Take a look. The 19th annual Diwali Fest showcased the sounds, colors and moves of the local community for the annual Festival of Lights, celebrated throughout South Asia and the world.
2: It is making sure that people know the piece that you can partake in something, apply some henna, you know?
0: It doesn't mean you have to be of a certain culture group to be able to do it. On the stage, numerous performances took place from classical Indian sitar to Bhangra, all the way to Bollywood.
4: I think the fact that after like a few pandemic years, being back in person and being able to see performances live, interact with our art zones, that's just really amazing.
0: As well as arts and crafts like henna, a community rangoli, and dia painting, bringing the visitors into customary traditions done around Diwali. And overall, a great turnout of people supporting cross-cultural understanding and social connection for a festival that represents universal principles understood by all cultures.
2: It doesn't mean you have to celebrate prosperity or good over evil because you're of South Asian descent. You can celebrate it just because
6: you want to.
0: This has been a very colorful environment, um, lots of energy uh, encompassing the beauty of Diwali, uh, knowledge overcoming ignorance, light overcoming darkness. It's a great, great festival that everyone can really learn something from. Michael Newman reporting from Diwali Fest
1: looks like so much fun of on shell joins us now of a perfect day dry day to celebrate <laughs> Diwali today before the rain arrives and looking at your radar, holy cow, that looks ominous.
14: Yeah, we are going to see another round of rain. This will be heavier in comparison to what we're seeing on Friday. So a heads up, some of the heaviest rainfall will be overnight and taking us in towards our Monday morning. And I'll have your back to work and school forecast in just a moment. But there is that wave of moisture with this weather maker that is pushing in. It'll move in right across Metro Vancouver. And then overnight tonight, it'll be heavy at times. And we are going to see lots of instability. The freezing level is going to drop for the interior if you're ha- head- heading along the mountain passes. And I'll have those numbers coming up in just a moment so overnight tonight we'll likely see some of the heaviest rain by tomorrow morning when you're heading out for work and school I anticipate it should start to taper off we may just see a 30% chance of an isolated shower that takes us through the day so not heavy rain as we get in towards the afternoon and then we'll still hang on to a few showers in the mix as we get in towards the evening another round of rain is on deck and I'll have that coming up in just a moment here are some of the rainfall amounts we could see upwards of 20 higher amounts right along the North Shore Mountains with that range of 30 plus millimeters and then it tapers off through the day but heavy at times overnight tonight. Heads up, you'll want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. We do have a special weather statement that's for the Kootenai Pass. There's that range between 10- Closer to 15 millimeters, 15 centimeters rather, is possible if you're traveling along the Kootenai Pass, the Kokahala Connector, as well as the Rogers Pass. Still seeing snowfall this evening, and then tapering off through the day. But check in with Drive BC, especially if you're traveling along the Kootenai Pass through that region. There. Now, the northern half of the province, it'll be wet and windy along the coast. We could still see some of those winds picking up, with gusts between 40 and up to 60 kilometers per hour. Much of the central and southern interior. Take note, especially into the southeastern corners of the province, will be close to or hovering the freezing mark for the early morning hours. We could see some wet snowfall and then it changed back over to rain. Kamloops though will get into the double digits highs closer to 11 degrees. It'll be a soggier start for the island for the early morning hours should ease off towards the afternoon. We'll see some breaks along the west end for the lower mainland, eastern areas and extending into the Fraser Valley still hanging on to a greater chance for some rain through the afternoon. So a soggy one overnight tonight. A few breaks in there as we get in through the afternoon. That next round of rain will likely be Tuesday and then Wednesday we'll see some breaks so it's really on and off rainfall through the week get that umbrella keep it handy sarah
1: okay all of the sudden fall has arrived it feels like instantly
14: (laughs) just in a couple of days
1: (laughs) thank you so much yvonne This past week, Global BC hosted Variety Week where we introduce you to children and families with special needs from across the province. With Variety's help, kids received therapies, equipment and assessments that are crucial to their development. And without those supports, many children would not be able to do many of the things that we take for granted.
5: If I didn't have Variety, I don't think I would be walking and I definitely don't think I would be running. So there'd be a lot of problems, both mentally and physically. I wouldn't wouldn't have a lot of freedom.
1: And you can still help give the gift of freedom to a child by calling 310Kids or going online to variety.bc.ca right now. So far, thanks to the amazing support of this province and our viewers, we have raised almost $2.2 million, enough for variety to help 877 kids. The phone lines are open right now, and we'll have our final Variety Week total for you on Monday's news hour at 6 o'clock. That's tomorrow night. Well, that's great news. Hey, Barry. Encouraging news for variety, not so encouraging news for the Canucks last night on the night. <laughs> yeah, ice. it's
10: kind of the the day after they got booed mm-hmm. off the ice at their home opener. Yikes. It's uh, kind of like what, can, you know, what more can go wrong for this team, uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Looking for some sort of positives, how do you get out of it? If there was an easy answer, they, they, they would have applied it by now. But we'll hear from uh, Coach Bruce uh, as they look forward to getting that first win of the season. Not the story for the Seahawks. They had no expectation this year, and they played great today. Beat a very good team in the L.A. Chargers on the road. So we'll have highlights of that coming up.
1: Okay, looking forward to that. Coming up, Lost in Translation with Conversational Lingo.
2: Everybody was laughing when I said what I wanted until the uh, cleric said, you might want to pronounce it this way. The English language student
1: who became the ultimate teacher to other North American newcomers. His story is coming up after sports. Hospitals across North America are seeing a spike in cases of RSV, a respiratory condition that's dangerous and in rare cases fatal to children. Nearly three-quarters of pediatric rooms in the United States are now filled with RSV patients. And here in Canada, case numbers are climbing too. Here's Jennifer Johnson.
8: Hospital emergency rooms across the U.S. are overwhelmed with young children with respiratory syncytial virus. Pediatric wards are quickly filling up. So many sick children that a major hospital in Houston has had to fly out several pediatric patients because it's out of beds.
12: The fact that right now we're having to transport you know kids hundreds of miles away, if not outside of the state, is uh, very, very uh, rare.
8: RSV first presents as typical cold-like symptoms, but can quickly escalate into severe breathing problems in the very young and elderly patients. Tara Ficicelli's three-month-old son is now out of intensive care after spending several days on a ventilator. This has been definitely the hardest two weeks of my life. Cases of RSV are rising in Canada too. According to Health Canada, RSV activity is above expected levels for this time of year with at least 486 confirmed cases, the bulk in Quebec. RSV generally peaks during the winter season, but has hit early this year.
12: RSV is the leading cause of hospitalization.
8: The American Lung Association is launching a new awareness campaign to help parents watch for the warning signs, including trouble breathing or a wheezing cough.
9: For parents who have children who have an upper respiratory infection, many times they're testing them, finding out it's not COVID, and feeling relieved. I think they still need to be vigilant that it could be RSV, it could be early flu.
8: Unfortunately, RSV numbers are still trending in the wrong direction. Experts are warning parents not to wait to bring your child to an emergency room because what may seem like a bad cold can quickly become something much more dangerous. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Coming up, a remarkable athletic legacy that's all in the family.
13: My dad has always played a huge role in my my life, you know, and has taught me a lot about resilience.
1: How a CFL legend's daughter is changing the game at a local university. That story coming up in sports.
0: Head to the Vancouver Convention Center for the Seniors Living Expo. On November 5th and 6th, explore housing, personal health and wellness products, and services to meet the needs of today's seniors. And see two stages with entertainment and sessions on how to live your best life after 65. Head to El Soyuz for the first ever All Hallows Festival. Enjoy the event for all ages, including a variety of performances, including fire performers, acrobats, live music, and theater, plus an artisan market with food and drink vendors. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman.
3: Our BC is brought to you by the BC Cancer Foundation, launching the most ambitious health campaign in BC's history. Together, we will go beyond belief.
1: Welcome back, Barry. Delay is back with a brutal night for the Canucks. They'll be looking for some redemption for sure.
10: Yes, mm-hmm. they couldn't. They wanted to have a good start this year. Oh my God! Been talking about it for months. I mean, it, things cannot be going any worse. But they're the Canucks, aren't they? All Right. Thanks, sir. The Canucks did practice today about 14 hours after they were booed off the ice in their home opener last night against Buffalo. Canucks remain the only winless team in the entire NHL, and the pressure is mounting big time. And it doesn't appear any of the injured defensemen, Hughes, Stillman, Pullman, or Dermott, will play tomorrow night against the very tough Carolina Hurricanes. Getting out of a soul-sucking slump is one of the hardest things to do in pro sports, but that's what faces these Canucks just two weeks into the season. They've got pride too and nobody liked to see what happened like in the last 10 minutes of the game last night, uh, what happened uh, during uh, with the crowd and everything else and uh, we got a lot of pride on this team and uh, uh, so it, uh, it, it was something that they, they want to work themselves out of.
3: Two on one with Oleson, Casey Middlestep in front, Oleson shoots, he scores. No doubt about
10: that one. when they're good, I tell them they're really good when they're bad, you know, I mean, heck, they're pretty smart guys, too. I mean, they see it. And and I I told them, I said, hey, I think I'm not doing my job properly right now. And that's one of the reasons
3: we're losing. So, I mean, uh, there's a whole combination of all of us working. We've got to get a little bit better.
10: NHL today. Brandon Tanev and the Kraken in Chicago. Second period tied three-all. It's the former Connect first rounder, Jared McCann, who finds the trailer. Vince Dunn fires home to give the Kraken a four-to-three lead. Over the Blackhawks that stood up until the third when Chicago struck for two goals in 13 seconds. The second coming from the recently acquired Jason Dickinson the former Canuck. That's his second of the year. It took him 29 games to score two with Vancouver two and three games with the Blackhawks. They win 5-4. Seahawks in L.A. to take on the Chargers. Great start for Geno Smith in the offense. He will drop in a perfect pass a 20 yard touchdown to Marquise Goodwin. 7-0 Seattle. And the defense, which was so good last week against Arizona, came to play again today after a fourth down stop earlier in the first. Ryan Neal picks off Justin Herbert, Seahawks ball, and that leads to this, a 12-yard touchdown run from the rookie Kenneth Walker, his third of the season. He has been outstanding. Boy, the Seahawks draft class has really been the difference this year 14 nothing defense wasn't done yet darrell taylor knocks the ball out of herbert's hands gets the friendly bounce seattle turned that into a field goal they led 17 nothing the only downer in that first dk metcalf forced to leave the game with a knee injury perhaps happened on this play he was carted off and did not return but the Chargers charge back. They've got a good offense now 17 7 Herbert to Mike Williams takes it in for the touchdown L.A. back in it down just three. 14. But Geno Smith went back to work 23 yards to Marquise Goodwin for his second touchdown of the game. Who saw that coming 24 14 Seattle at the half second half Seahawks kept the Chargers uh, out of the end zone for the most part and then seal the deal when Kenneth Walker explodes to the outside gets around the edge and he he is gone. Now the kid just turned 22 this week goes for 74 yards yet 168 yards rushing Hawks most impressive win of the year. Chargers are a very good team in Seattle thumped them 37 23. They're four and three and they lead the NFC West. Meanwhile 49ers and Chiefs from San Francisco Christian McCaffrey making his Niners debut but he was overshadowed by Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman. This is one of Hardman's three touchdowns on the day A 25 yard. Gallop that gave the Chiefs the lead for good. Mahomes picked apart the NFL's number one ranked defense, threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns, including this 45-yarder to Juju Smith-Schuster. Chiefs pummel the Niners 44-23, and with the loss, the Seahawks lead the West at 4-3, Niners are 3-4. Let's check out some tennis. Montreal's Felix Auger-Aliassin has now won tournaments in back-to-back weeks. Today in Belgium he won the European Open over American Sebastian Corda, who is the son of uh, the former great tennis player Peter Korda. Felix in the far court served out of his mind, lost just nine points on his serve the entire match. And here on match point, big forehand and Oge aliassin with his third career title wins the European Open in Antwerp, Belgium. MLS playoffs, Eastern Conference semifinals sell out crowd in Montreal as they host New York City FC but NYC scored early and then add another just before half. The Brazilian Hebert converts the nice feed from Santiago Rodriguez, 2-0 NYC FC at the half. Montreal did get a consolation goal for the supporters late from Georgi Mihailovic but they fall three to one. NYC will meet Philadelphia in the Eastern final. LAFC will meet either Dallas or Austin. Boston in the West final. Golf final round of the C.J. Cup in South Carolina. Defending champ Rory McIlroy. Tight leaderboard on the back nine until Rory pulled away with birdies at 14-15 and here at 16. That was the difference as McIlroy beat Kurt Kitayama by a shot. And with the win, Rory reclaims the number one ranking in the world. Corey Connors was 23rd. Adam Hadwin tied 49th. Game five NLCS from Philadelphia. Padres and Phillies tied at three in the or it's actually three-two San Diego in the eighth. When Philly star slugger Bryce Harper slams a two-run shot to give the Phillies a 4-3 lead. They hang on to win it, take the series in five. They're going to the World Series where they'll meet either the Yankees or Astros. Game four in New York tonight, tied three-three in the third, but the Yanks trail that series three-nothing. Georgette Reed is certainly used to success in her life, either as an Olympic athlete for Canada or cheering on her CFL Hall of Fame father, George Reed. These days, she is continuing that excellence as the athletic director at Capilano University in North Vancouver. Jay Janauer has her story.
13: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
12: Georgette Reed is all about opening up doors for those she works alongside and for the student-athletes that she leads as the athletic director at Capilano University. A job title that has deep meaning to Georgette.
13: How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? Good. Good, 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 good. I really enjoy the university environment and I knew that I could make a difference here. I knew that I could contribute and I knew that I had a lot to offer to um, not only student-athletes, but also in recreation, because those are some of my passions. Movement, making sure that people stay healthy, and being able to find the enjoyment that sports and recreation can bring. I love it where it has Capilano because it shows exactly where we are, what we do.
12: George Georgette is just the fourth athletic director in the history of Capilano University and the first female to hold the job. The former track and field athlete is a Canadian Olympian who competed in the 92 Barcelona Games. Georgette's a 17-time national champion with 15 shot-put titles and two more in discus. She spent 10 years coaching at the University of Alberta and another decade working for the city of Edmonton as a health and wellness coordinator. But when this job opening became available, Georgette couldn't pass it up.
13: Be in a position of uh, authority, be in a position where I could show you know a woman in a position that's traditionally been in the role that 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 men have traditionally been in, and a woman of color. There aren't very many uh, female athletic directors, but black female athletic directors.
12: One final thing, and it's something you may have already picked up on, especially if you're a longtime CFL fan.
3: George Reed, regarded as the outstanding pullback in the Canadian Football League.
12: Yes, Georgette's father is the one and only George Reed, who's widely viewed as the greatest running back in league history. And understandably, he's played a major role in
13: who his daughter is and where her journey has taken her.
10: No stopping him. Touchdown!
13: I mean, my dad has always played a huge role in my, in my life, you know, and has taught me a lot about resilience and about um, No matter what people do to you, you just still go out there and represent yourself the best you can. And he's always walked through everything with his head held high and with respect for others. And so between my dad saying just keep moving forward and and being um, open to trying something new, I think those are the things that have kind of helped guide me through the things I've gone through and where I am today.
1: What an awesome story.
10: doing a great job.
1: No kidding. After the break, making sense of some nonsensical English phrases, this may make you rethink some of your everyday jargon. Stay with us.
3: The special stories that shape our province, as suggested by our viewers. This is BC with Jay Durant. Real people, real stories. This is BC with Jay Durant, who's brought to you in part by Van Camp Breakways, BC-owned and operated for 75 years.
1: Learning a second language can be difficult at the best of times. So a Vancouver man originally from Mexico is channeling his own challenges learning English into a way to help other newcomers. Here's Jay Durant with This is BC.
3: Efrain Solis will be the first to admit that he's certainly not a master in cinematic arts, but he still puts a lot of time into crafting his online
2: English help videos. They're silly but fun videos. To, to capture the attention of people. I was born in Mexico City in 1991. After moving to Vancouver from Mexico
3: City in 2009, Solis immediately faced a lot of challenges in everyday conversations. I still
2: struggle with pronunciation.
3: From something as simple as asking for a Coke at the convenience
2: store. Everybody was laughing when I said what I wanted, until the uh, cleric said, you might want to pronounce it this way, and then your, your confidence just goes away.
3: He didn't know the meaning of many words people said to him on the streets.
2: From the complimentary. You look really spiffy. <laughs> I think, what? To the derogatory. Lousy Mexican. That was the first time I heard the word lousy. And I didn't know if he was insulting me.
3: So Efrain has made it his mission to master the language and to try to
2: help others along the way. Doppelganger. I do have a lot of friends who are from somewhere else in the world. that. English is not their first language, and we all struggle. I still forge ahead. and He learned
3: basic, basic editing and skills, and, skills, and, skills and, and, created and created his th- character named Selfie to star
2: in the series. Oh, thunder! <laughs> I'm a little kid again, right? I'm 47 years old. I'm having a lot of fun. Tackling some of the trickier English words souvenir, bamboozle, humongous, minuscule. <laughs> He has a long list to get through,
3: but he's making great progress. Hoping his YouTube channel can help others avoid some of those embarrassing experiences.
2: I want to minimize my mistakes. And if I, by making these videos, I help somebody else in my same situation, I will call that a win.
3: Jay Durant, Global News.
2: What a great
1: way to pay it forward. If you have a suggestion for Jay about a great BC story that needs to be told, email your ideas to thisisbc at globalnews.ca. Yvonne, a quick look at weather before we go tonight.
14: Rain and heavy at times. It'll pick up, especially late this evening, overnight. As we get in towards the morning hours for work and school, it should start to taper off to showers to the day and a few breaks in there on our long-range forecast for Wednesday.
1: Okay, rain is coming. That is all for us tonight. Thanks for sharing part of your evening with us. We'll see you right back here at 11. Good night.